Podcast. Hello and welcome to another weekly episode of the Beer Fridge Podcast, Real Beer, Real Breweries, Real Opinions. As always, wherever you listen to this podcast, make sure you subscribe and hit that ding a ling link to be notified of all the latest episodes. And you can show your support by giving us a five-star rating or head to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Podcast, and show your official support. As always, my name is Gavin, I've got my usual drinking buddies, I've got Callan, I've got MD, good evening boys. Hello, hello. Evening, evening. Then... Look at me, I'm all wrapped like a fucking Eskimo the night, isn't I? Jesus I know. fuck. And you're the one that's closest to France. No, no, it's bad. And it's bad. Uh, tonight we're joined by Brett from Unbarred Brewing. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. No, thanks for coming on. Welcome. Uh, we're really looking forward to this. One of our final four breweries as well, which is yeah. absolutely... Uh, Timing could not be better. Timing couldn't be better. No, exactly. Um, and be we'll definitely, definitely get into that um, as we go on. But we must talk beer. We must talk beer. We'll start off as we normally do, go around the virtual table, see what we're drinking to start off this fine evening. Callum, what you got, mate? So, funnily enough, I'm drinking some uh, Unbarred. Um, so, thanks very much, Brett, for sending that up. And um, I'm drinking a can of Juicy which is a hazy peel with Amarillo and Simcoe, 5.1%, and it's billed as one of the regulars, so obviously one of the core range. Um, and I can see why you keep brewing this over and over again. Um, classic combination, Amarillo and Simcoe. It's just that kind of balance between that sort of piney, resinous feel and also bagsy, sort of juicy, tropical flavours. It's just as exactly what you're hoping for for your first beer of the evening. Um, it's going down an absolute treat, really is. Delicious. A stalwart, stalwart of unbarred that beer. I've been living down here for seven, eight years. Too long, in brackets. It, it took us a long time to get that into into cans as well. I think it was during lockdown or just post lockdown. It kind of went into cans. It was often just just keg only, really. But um, people loved it so much that so yeah, it moved into can, which is which is great. There was people that after lockdown, and you could go back to the pub, especially in Brighton, just people like asking for juicy. Or we, some of the pubs told us they were just shouting like, "Have you got juicy on?" and and kind of wanting that at the bar, so yeah, it's definitely the kind of flagship beer that we we brew the most. Cracking, yeah, absolute cracking. I always pick up when I get a chance down these these neck of the woods. MD, what you got? I'm, I'm sorry, on, I caught you. I caught you mid floor there. I was making sure I got a, a drink in before you came. I'm on unbarred as well. Um, funnily enough, staying on topic, I have a a collab with uh, Madame Jennifer Distillery. Um, Ooh. So this is this is the one that totally when I opened the box uh, today that kind of grabbed my attention pretty quickly to be honest and hence the reason I'm starting with it because I think it's it's wicked. So this is a a botanical wit beer um, with fresh and fragrant boutique of botanicals. Now there is a mouthful um, <laughs> and quite hard to say after you've had a couple of tinnies. Say that say that when you're pushed. Uh, well, well, I'll come back to it later in the podcast and we'll give it a bash. Uh, 5.2%. The reason I started with this, it's a style of beer that on years gone past, I probably probably would avoid um, for no other reason than I just 
like it just never float my boat basically and this year I managed to get a couple of wet beers through like a, the perfect draft and some other like breweries that I managed to pick up and I, it's just a beautiful refreshing style of beer and I've got to admit this is absolutely delightful like so it's everything that you can expect. It's got a bit of orange. Um, it's got a slight bitterness from it. And having read the can, it's sort of grapefruity, so which kind of uh, pulls that together. Um, it's got that kind of slight kind of coriander aspect that some people may love, some people will hate. It's the whole coriander uh, debate, I suppose, in that. Um, but it's there's something else that's in it, and obviously it's a, a gin-inspired beer. But say, is it quite is it ginny? Is it quite perfumed? It's got like a, a like a, a like a floral aspect to it as well, and it's just really well balanced. It's quite dry, which makes you want to go back and back uh, for more. It hides five point two percent, so it's obviously sessionable in terms of the beer fridge podcast standard of beer. It's it's just honestly it. Between between that and cold IPA, which I know you're going to jump on, Gav, uh, are probably my two favourite styles of beer this year, and I think it's wicked. I've got to admit. And I like say the boys all know I'm pretty honest when it comes to feedback um, when it, on, on the beer. Yeah. Uh, you're also you're also a big gin drinker like me, so I think probably if, if Gav was to get a hold of this beer, it maybe it maybe be. Mm. Um, a, a, a more entertaining review um, because I think gin, <laughs> gin, gin kind of flavours, gin-based flavours are, are definitely right up our street. So uh, I'm really looking forward to trying it. Um, I've got a can chilling at the moment. Uh, gin gives me the bulk. It's not Jenny at all. Like, well, then... Right. We actually left, um, when we were doing that, we we left the juniper out because um, we did think about putting some in, but in terms of like, like you're saying, the really heavy gin flavors often come from juniper. Um, I, I like gin as well, and like I, you get all those flavors, but without the juniper, it's a little bit more toned down. But we actually sure. trialed it. Just we poured a. I think we had another. Um, we had a, another whip beer on at the time. Me and Jordan just did a test, very technical. We literally just poured a pint of beer and then put a couple of shots of uh, gin in it to see how it panned out. But even doing that showed us that the juniper was way too much so we actually just chose to leave out completely leave it out. use the other ingredients yeah we use something called um grains of paradise as well which i've never heard of but a lot of well, I, 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 actually, use that. I went on to their website the 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 distiller's website and that was one of the that was one of the bottles that caught my eye was the, was the was the gin with the grains of paradise and i thought yes. I've, I've never i've never even heard of that either and i would, I would be i'd be really, really up for so I'm, I'm i'm even more looking forward to trying to be that. <laughs> yeah they're, they're, they just look like little um like cacao nibs like little bits right. of store chocolate but yeah it's it's kind of interesting what they're just like a, a thing with lots of different flavor compounds apparently and yeah people use them in different spirits so we threw some of those in at a great Same expense <laughs> like, I, I can imagine i can imagine why not why not i myself uh fine enough i'm on unbarred as well i have decided to pick up a can of the table beer the limited edition table beer for my Starter beer, citrus, citra, and Columbus. Excuse me, two point eight percent. It does. It you expect? Well, we always say we expect with kind of table beers that it to be too, as we say, watery. 
Um, but this isn't the case. It's not overly watery at all. You get the floral notes on the nose, which you want from the kind of Citroën Columbus. So Columbus does give it a wee bit of, of bitterness at the end, which is nice. Um, lovely table beer. This, Like I said, this is my starter beer of the evening before I get into the heavy stuff. But I think you could easily... Uh, I would be quite happy having four or five of these on a night out, to be fair, and, and tan them on and just enjoy them while people go with the big heavy stuff. So thoroughly enjoying that. Limited edition beer. Right, like... That's a testament to a good brewery for me. Like, and we've spoke about table beers a lot this year, I think. But and we've had a few that have been pretty watery, for lack of a better phrase. But um, the, if you can get flavour into a low ABV v, ABV beer, goodness, uh, the whip beer's hitting me already. That I think it's just like it just shows like a bit of class from yeah. like the from the brewery, uh, you know, and. We compare every table beer to the kernel. Let's be honest; it's the the gold standard. And... I was about to say the exact same thing. Yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of what we we sort of base what we wanted our table beer to try and be like or aim towards. You know, that's you for get, us that that beer is great. If you can get in that ballpark, if you know, then that's just it's that's for me the that's what it's all about because they do get a bad rep, and we, we've we've been quite lucky. We've spoke to quite a few like known low breweries. And there's been some hits and there's been some misses, that's for sure. But if you can get flavour into like a table beer, what ABV was it, Gav? Did you say two point two point eight? Like, let's be honest, that's that's diluting juice, isn't it? Really, but it's um, it's that's badass for sure. I think it's a I think it's a good percentage to be fair, because mm-hmm. if you go any lower, I think you're you're going to lose that the body that it does have. And it will become watery, as we like to say. Um, and any higher, then it's, can you call it a table beer if it goes into three and a half, kind of 4%? You may as well just call it a session a session pale. Um, but yeah, cracking beer, easily quite happy to drink uh, a couple of cans of those with your dinner. It's a good starter beer for myself. Um, Brett, what you got, my man? Uh, I'm just doing a little taste test of uh, this year's Statzilla. So uh, there's a couple of underfills of the canning line, so I brought a couple of those home. So uh, thought I'd, thought I'd give it a go, make sure it tastes all right. Oh, and our quality check. Exactly, yeah. A little bit quality of check. Out of ten, what are you rating so far? It's it's good. It's it's probably I would say we we haven't really changed the recipe from from last year. It's it's evolved sort of every year since John side brewing in the shed. But um, I think after last year, it's kind of where where we wanted to be at and we've kept it the same we've actually on the cans before each year we were naming it sort of the year so it'd be like Stalzilla 2018 2019 that we've made the decision as of this year just here's just Stalzilla and that's how it's going to remain um I mean as for, for me it makes my life a bit easier I don't have to change a label every year but um, <laughs> but it, it's also because it, it's kind of where we want it to be at and we don't we don't need it to change we feel we're very happy with kind of where it's got to and how it's evolved so and then obviously the barrel aged each year will evolve and kind of be a different vintage give depending on the barrels and how they kind of age the beer and stuff and the blend um but yeah i i think it's tasting great just because last year if not better like it's yeah very smooth very easy drinking got that nice vanilla hit not too sweet not too dry like just bang in the middle for sort of indulgence and decadent kind of flavors looking forward to getting my hands on a can of that sounds good doesn't it 
Sounds good. Even for even for me, the non-stout drinker, it sounds the bollocks. Um, to be fair, I'll definitely be getting one of those. In fact, incidentally, the bottle shop I was in this evening had last year's and the year before Stoutzilla, incidentally. Um, Strangely, it's funny you say about non-stout drinker. Two of our, well, our lead brewer and um, one of the other brew team, there's, there's kind of, there's four of them in total, but um, two of them don't don't really like stouts. So they go for all the pain and the effort of barrel aging beer, stouts. Stoutzilla's like, they have to mash in sort of three times in a, in a day for a brew and stuff and they don't even like stouts really so so for them it's uh <laughs> it's not there why am um, i making a beer i hate exactly yeah so they only get to enjoy it at the end where the rest of us do do enjoy it but no it's a cracking beer i'm a, a massive i'm a big fan of like the artwork and stuff and like i said not a stout drinker but i think the idea and the premise behind it's awesome um the name for a start is fucking wicked such a good name. Um, before we get stuck into that and kind of divert too much from all the stuff I've got written down, um, like I said, we've got Brett from Unbarred, and you mentioned Jason a minute ago. Um, where and how did the brewery start and how did it come to be with the early beginnings of Unbarred? So it, it basically, Jordan Jordan was a home brewer. He, he loved home brewing, um, and he had a shed in his back garden, which he eventually converted into a into a sort of micro mini brewery in the back garden shed um, and just did that as his like side hustle alongside working at um, a Southern Water and it kind of just more and more became a passion and then um, basically I think his wife started to get annoyed of sort of having his beer being brewed and beer around the house and he eventually made the decision to sort of sack off his job and sort of take it a bit more seriously he got a part-time job working at a brewery and working um for a few different breweries whilst doing still brewing at the shed but brewing for other people as well um and then worked for a contract brewery um in sort of in sussex where he sort of brewed beers for other people but it also allowed him to have tank space so he could then brew his beers on a bigger scale outside of the shed yeah um some of those beers that he brewed in the shed the first commercial bottles of um of benchmark which is now juicy it started off life as benchmark as an ipa was sold like around brighton hove and were like hand bottled and brewed in the shed and he dropped them off in his car um but then yeah then when he was at the contract brewers it it kind of just meant he he could brew more beers alongside sort of being paid to brew other people's beers um and then eventually from from that end up at elder place in brighton um with his um with his business partners who own sort of had the property and there was an opportunity there to sort of open a tap room in a brewery. And that was three years ago, just before lockdown hit. So not the best hey, <laughs> open, open a tap room in a brewery in the, in the center of town. But um, in some ways it did us a lot of good. Um, it meant, it meant that we could set up a web shop, send beers far and wide through the web shop. Whereas if, if that didn't happen, there might not have been a web shop so quickly and, maybe people wouldn't have known about us further afield as quickly as that. So, you know, silver lining. It's, it's mental how that story is so, like, common within the brewing industry. And people that, like, our listeners must think, here we go again, it's the same story, same story. Over, <laughs> over and over and over. But it's just, I don't know, like, it's amazing because I'm sitting, I've got the fermenter sitting beside me, bubbling away in, in the um, in the spare room. And I, I'm like, the garage is too cold. I can't have it outside the nurse. So I've had to bring it in. I've had that. 
the wife, she wrapped it up in blankets to keep the temperature in it the other day. Oh, that was nice, yeah. I know, and that's like, uh, but I will see how long that lasts. Does she wrap you up in blankets and put you to bed? <laughs> Does she fuck? No. <laughs> Does she fuck? She, the, the the reason she's took an interest is because that beer's got the it's got the homegrown pumpkins this year. So she grew the pumpkins in the garden for the purpose of throwing the pumpkins in the beer. But like I totally like as I say digress as usual, but it's mental. Like and considering the size of the brewery in terms of how I think of unbarred now, um that used took a leap of faith like right before uh, lockdown to open a tap room and brew house and all the rest of it. It's fucking awesome. I think it's badass. And it's definitely, you know, it's worked out of the tap room. We kind of outgrew the brewery quite quickly and had to, um, I say we, I, I was kind of, um, I, I didn't, I wasn't actually working at the brewery during pre lockdown and during lockdown. I joined kind of, um, sort of full time after or as we came out of lockdown, I guess about two years yeah. ago. Um, but I've known Jordan since, he was brewing in the shed. We were kind of friends. We were at a pub and um, I kind of, on the side of my old job, I used to help him do social media and, and bits and bobs just for, for beers and a few quid here and there and sort of did that for five years just on the side. Um, and then, yeah, Jordan always promised me a job when the time came, if he could. And we kind of, yeah, that happened after lockdown, which was awesome. which was great. But, but yeah, the tap room in terms of the brewery kind of production was, there wasn't enough tanks, there wasn't enough space so quickly kind of outgrew that. Um, and had to take away room from the tap room to put in more tanks. So I think we there was an extra sort of three or four installed um, and took up a section, the back section of the tap room that, that once was a seating area, which now now isn't. Um, and then the other half has been taken up by a rack of barrels now for Stout Ziller and, and yes. other, other barrel agent beers. So we've taken all the room we can from the tap room, so we can't take any more. So eventually the plan is to you know, find a bigger brewery and upscale. I think once things calm down and the world's maybe in a bit of a safer place again, financially, we're, we'll go off and hopefully do that. But yeah, we just recently invested in a, uh, centrifuge. So, um, essentially means we can hopefully brew beer, um, sort of once it's brewed a little bit quicker in terms of the finishing time and stuff. So people yeah. can, we can brew package and get beer out a little bit quicker than, than we could before, which it makes such which, a difference, doesn't it? Like being able to like, like cut that production time down and not having it like what does that do then what does the centrifuge do essentially um i mean i'm no brewer so obviously some of the <laughs> don't take everything i say as gospel but um essentially my understanding is that normally you'd wait for gravity to to sort of see out your your hot matter and any any kind of stuff in the beer while it sits in the fe which normally takes you yeah. know kind of three to five weeks depending mm. on the beer and then this you can basically put it through the machine and it, and it basically spins it spins all the shit yeah a big yeah. high spinning filter kind of kicks yeah. all of that out um mm-hmm. but retains the flavor and it's not like um like back in the day when people would use a lot of fish bindings things like that which would also sometimes potentially strip the flavor of, of the beer yeah. um, mm-hmm. that doesn't do that so um yeah it's, it's a great tool and the guy we got it uh installed a couple of weeks ago and we started using it and yeah whilst at the moment we're not at the point of kind of pushing out beers quicker we're just getting used to it and the guys are kind of learning how it works and yeah kind of fine-tune it but i think it will potentially shave for a week of beers at times um when i i, I having obviously working 
a, a number <laughs> of breweries like shaving a week off a production time to be able to clear something out on FV is is so important, even if to rack it and get it in a cask or keg or cans or whatever. Like it's like it's it's mad like how and I don't know how many brews you guys are doing a week, but I, I, I know like when you are at, you know, three, four brews a week and then you've got kegging and canning and all the rest of it to go and like it's just like the the guys that work in the brewery i have so much respect for because it's it is mad the, the sometimes the um the like the time scale and how quickly you've got to get like things out the door so you can have tank space available for the next brew basically definitely yeah and and also especially in winter now like when it's cold and wet and they're in there also cold and wet and covered in beer and water and stuff yeah but um yeah we tend to do sort of depending on the schedule and and kind of what we got coming up tend to do like two to two to four brews a week um sometimes regular sometimes limited editions you know collaborations and stuff so just yeah it depends on schedule but tends to be two to four and that that will kind of probably up a little bit now due to the centrifuge and just making sure we're making the most of that in the tank space you mentioned the tap room i was there uh, two weekends ago I think it was two weekends ago and awesome space for a punter awesome space absolutely love it it's essentially right in the middle of Brighton um, if you know where World's End is in Brighton it's just up the road from there um, honestly I, I thoroughly enjoyed the space I think it's an awesome wee space how many is it 10 taps you've got on uh, I think we have about 14 um, but they're not not always all our beers so we have like um, Ascension Cider which is a local Sussex um yep. cider cider brewery that um is run by our friend matt um then we have um we we had it off for a little while actually because we brewed a kolsch but we've just recently got back on a hellas from lost and grounded um so we have that on just for for, for a lager option as we don't always have that and then yeah. the rest of the taps the rest of the taps yeah are filled filled by our beers so we often have you know kind of seven to ten beers of our own on there sort of depending on our selection of what we got going it's a good mix, and obviously you've got your merch hanging on there, which um, your merch looks awesome, by the way. Yeah, very, nice very impressed. I, love, I like, I'm a, bit, a big fan of the, the logo design and stuff, and I like the wee tease the other week. Um, I think it was um, the Bruiser guys that did it. Obviously, your, your little alternate, alternate, excuse me, logo of the little kind of Thunderbolt thing. Is the oh, best yeah. Way to describe yeah. So that's meant tease. to be, it's meant to be like a little key. That is. Oh, so, nice. so if you look, I don't know if you see on the, on the can at the the top of where it says made on bright made of Brighton, there's a little padlock uh, in the middle, and then that lightning bolt slash key is meant to be the key to undo the padlock kind of thing. So you know, breaking loose, bit different, wee bit different indeed. Yeah, interesting. Um, looks like you two guys are moving on. Yep, I agree. Yeah, I fancy we've probably just switched over and. Mark's nope. thinking what I had. You know, you you went stout. You went stout, out, have you? Uh, I thought it would be it would be rude not to. So, anyway. nice. are you going for the bad boy? Aye, looks like it. Oh, good lad, good lad. Well, I'll, will you have a? Wee... Oh, I've, I've moved on to the. Uh, then, Cal. I've moved on to the wet beer, um, and it's it's absolutely delicious. It's really really interesting. Um, you're you're right. It, it's not Jenny at all. 
um, it's it's more a sort of floral side of things, which which you know is definitely going to appeal to a lot more people, and it's it's absolutely stunning. I tried not to sort of look at the can or the packaging and just sort of taste it and see what I could try and identify, and and I was definitely getting sort of some spice, um, like some some heat and some sort of nuts. I, I, my my first sort of feeling was like coconut, um. And then I, I did a bit of look. I did a bit of reading into the grains of paradise where we were talking there, and and nuts definitely do come up. The history and hazelnuts, but you know, I'm I'm going to call that a win. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and black pepper. Apparently, it's it's called um, Guinea pepper as another name for it as well. Um, and it's it, when you when you taste the grains of paradise on their own, that they are they are just about as spicy as black pepper. Um, so that sort of pepperiness is definitely. Um, coming through, but but not not in an unpleasant way at all. It's it's it, and it and it takes that kind of banana ness away from the sort of wit, which is nice because um, I'm I'm not that much a fan of that as well. Um, but yeah, it's absolutely stunning. Really, really nice. Sounds very good. I, I myself have um, skipped over to potentially my favourite style of the year, and one I know Mark has enjoyed himself, and it's a cold IPA, and it's a Skelter. Cold IPA with Citra, Idaho 7, uh, Simcoe as well, 5.5%. This is like, how about just just go bomb pineapple and then get a tropical, uh, no like, no like over pineapple, like, <laughs> uh, like proper like fucking kind of draw your cheeks together pineapple, but a wee bit of pineapple. I'm trying try to be more specific, specific with my fucking tropical fruits here. Oh, okay. <laughs> then I just go in tropical fruits. Uh, no, I get it. It's fine. I'm There's a few of them. Like pineapples, just a bit of a weird one. That's all. Fuck you. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but it's crisp and it's one of these funny kind of styles. It's just kind of in between an IPA and a lager, Ooh. and it's just it's given a lager a wee bit of taste and a wee bit of haze, and it has got that little bit of haze that you want from it, and it's got that more punchy flavour that you want from a lager, but at the same time still having that crispness, that little bit of kind of dryness as well that you want from a, a lager that's... Uh, aye, cold IPAs for me are just fucking amazing. I think they're the best style right now. And I'm jumping on the bandwagon because of fucking ace. And this is up there. Did you ever try... That beer actually kind of came about because we brewed, I think, the first of our IPA tour that we did this year in January, must have been. Um we did a cold IPA. Um, we were meant to brew it a little bit lower than it did, but it came out kind of eight point, I think it was 8.3%, but it drunk. Sessionable. Yeah. But I mean, it drunk like that Skelter, it drunk like five, 5.5%. So it was pretty dangerous. And like definitely a few people at the brewery, like enjoyed a few too many of those bags and like pints those off to work on a Friday and stuff. Um, but, but that's where that, that came about. And also the fact that obviously the rice, the rice used in it, um, is sort of 30% rice. Yeah. And, means it's gluten free and we hadn't at the time we hadn't necessarily realized our original um cold ipa was gluten free we just we brewed it with rice because we wanted that clarity and the the dryness that rice also gives yeah to kind of balance that the tropical notes um but it turned out it was also gluten free so then when we wanted to make a more sessionable cold ipa um we also at the time realized it was was gluten free so it's kind of it's not it's not a core beer at the moment like a well uh, we call them regulars but it's not yeah. a regular beer at the moment but i think we are brewing it a fair amount and i think it's probably 
potentially going to move into that regular section. Like it's, it's it's a limited beer that's being brewed a lot because I think you know it's five point five percent. It's gluten free, which also is is good for a market of people who can't maybe access beer if yeah. you know, if they're if they're gluten intolerant. Um, and it also, like you say, it's a really nice gateway slash hybrid of a of a lager and an IPA, which cold IPAs, yeah, like you just said, is probably my one of my go to beers this year, mainly because it's you know it's got everything you want. It's cold, it's crisp, it's easy drinking. It's got your lager side, but it's also got if you like an IPA or anything you know more crafty as it were yeah. you've, got, you've got that element in there for a bit of interest and yeah it's it's so easy to drink like you said it's one of those ones easy to drink and if you're a, a normal lager drinker gives you something you can maybe think about when you're drinking your beer instead of just drinking it um which is a nice aspect um question kind of off the back of that um when you guys are coming up with the brew sheets and stuff and you're scheduling for for beers and coming up with ideas do you guys, because obviously cold IP has been a style that is is trending and is is a little bit funky and trendy at the moment. Are you guys following trends? Are you going, you know what, just we're just going to do what we want to do? Or you're going like, that's it, that style's selling really well. Let's try and make one of those. Um, Kind of a bit of both, I guess. I mean, a, a mm. lot of a lot of the, I guess it depends on also what avenue the, the beer is going to take like if it's yeah. like a a concept beer as it were so like a pastry sour or maybe like a fruited berliner or something with um i guess some of our beers have a concept so like the botanical wit has a concept it's a it's a kind of it started out life as as a gin based sort of sour yeah. we then we then worked through that and realized actually that that wasn't the right direction but it had a it had a kind of concept of being gin or botanical based pastry sours are often based on a on a pudding when we do those um our stouts sometimes are based on a kind of confectionery sort of concept um so it really it really depends on what it is a lot of them come from jordan has a love of cooking um and food that's his that's his biggest passion as well as beer but those two combine so sometimes it will be based on how can i you know i love these flavors how can i get these into a beer or how can i how can i reincarnate that in a in a beer form um you know some of his ideas are you know we sometimes say to him you know mate i think that's a step too far we might not be able to do that sales team in particular like they're like i'm not sure how we're going to shift that mate i don't know if we're <laughs> don't know if, if we can do that but what's the craziest yeah. idea he's come up with um whether whether it's been brewed or not brewed there must be some mental when you're like oh my god i i think in hindsight probably our our um mojito watermelon mojito goes um that we did i don't think it's necessarily the craziest idea i think maybe our concept and and kind of how how we didn't realize how people would perceive it it goes as a very particular style and i think yeah you know watermelon's got like it's there's nothing to it though is there like so no, yeah, and frustratingly, we went we went and juiced all these watermelons. Me, Jordan, and uh, Stuart, who works for us, who's our operations retail manager, we we juiced about I don't know, it must have been like sort of eighty watermelons um, in an afternoon. Hope you know, and I was thinking, oh great, this is going to turn the beer pink, going to make it nice and watermelon. Took it back to the brewery. The guys like did what they needed to do with it, got it into the beer. Next day, I was like, oh, can we see the beer? Just same color. I was like, well, what? Where's the, where's the where's the pink hue, guys? And they're like, yeah, you'd need loads for that. And I was like, 
loads. We did eighty watermelons. Like how many fucking what do you want? Yeah, it took five hours. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, That's the thing. Like when when you talk when you talk to people about about watermelon flavor, like the. They've got this preconception of, you know, they'll, they'll eat like a sweet or, a, or a, like you say, it's a confection item that, that's, you know, an inverted commas watermelon flavoured. And, it, you know, it tastes absolutely nothing like an actual watermelon would taste. You know, this sort of synthetic watermelon flavour that people sort of associate with that fruit, it doesn't taste anything like the fruit. So, you know, you're doing the right thing by putting you know, fresh watermelon juice in it and it's not going to make it taste like people think it would. <laughs> no, yeah. And, that's, and that is a big thing we wanted to avoid. Like, we didn't. We didn't want it to be synthetic. I think yeah, totally. when, when I say it's crazy, I guess in, in terms of what, what I meant by it's crazy idea, it, it's a really cool concept. But yeah. I think what what I guess we maybe all just misjudged was like a goes is a very niche style. And I, I still, you know, we we all know what that is and we enjoy that. And well, some of us at the brewery enjoy that. I mean, I certainly do. And <laughs> I, I actually like the level of salt that was in it because uh, I've drunk quite a lot of those. But for someone yeah. who's never drunk one of those... It's a very, it's like a sour beer, isn't it? Like the yeah. first one is a sour beer. If you go in hard with like a really sour goose or a goozer or, you know, you go in that, that end, you're going to be like, well, what, what is that? Whereas if you come in at a very low level and ease yourself in and get used to it, then yeah, it's very different. Whereas that beer, we went like higher salt level. We went for a really traditional goose and. I think just people weren't ready for it. You know, a lot of brewers, yeah. loved, when we went to beer festivals, a lot of brewers loved it and other breweries loved it, which is great. But then there was a lot of people who were either kind of just getting into craft beer or maybe kind of hadn't explored that far into craft beer um, or heard of that. And they were like, what is going on? Like, I always remember <laughs> I was I was at Manchester Beer Festival and um, there was one guy who genuinely thought we'd just put salt in his beer. And he just, we, we couldn't, he was just not believing us. We're trying to explain the beer style and he, you know, he probably had a couple of beers, but um, he just, yeah, he was adamant that we had just put a like spoonful of salt in his beer just to like mess around with it. <laughs> you're waiting on Aston Kutcher jumping out and saying you're getting punked or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Del, what you got? I'm on the uh, Chonka. It's uh, an imperial oatmeal stout with cherry and tonka beans. It is a very sessionable 9.2%. As soon as I opened this, I just about shouted for, uh, like, as loud as I can about Dr. Pepper because Mm -hmm. the smell when I poured this thing reminded me of Dr. Pepper. Um, And I was thinking, oh, my God. Like and I've got to admit the the flavour and the complexity of the flavour that comes off this thing is 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 quite is quite impressive to be honest. So like <clears throat> for me, it's like proper roasty. You're getting all that kind of like dark kind of chocolate aspect that you would expect from like an imperial stout, but the cherry sweetness comes through. It's kind of got a tartness to it, but not like in a like a sour or a goose sort of way, but just enough to sort of think that's quite interesting. Mm. But then there's like a like an earthiness is maybe the way I would describe it, and I'm I'm only going to assume that that's like sort of the tonka beans. It's like that come through from it. It's it's just 
every mouthful I've had has been totally different. It's weird, but it's so so in, it's it's so enjoyable. And you know me, I'm trying to pick a hole in beers because, like, I feel like <laughs> if you've got folk on the podcast, <laughs> you need to be like <clears throat> honest opinions. Correct. Um, or real opinions, I should say. Real opinions. Stick to the slogan, Gav. It's just. Um, it's just a really complex beer, and it is stout season. Let's be honest; it's dark, it's miserable, it's wet, it's you know, fucking cold. Season. Yeah, and <laughs> you know the nine point two percent just sort of heats your heats you up a little bit. It's just it's it's really really complex, and I'm really enjoying it to be honest. And I'm I'm sitting here with it, like trying to like warm it up a little bit because um, mm-hmm. I've had it um, since it was delivered. It hasn't actually been in the fridge, um, so for me because it was icy, well, it's obviously been in the back of a van <laughs> all day getting here. So uh, it was still icy cold, but it's it's lovely. I've got to admit, like I'm I'm looking forward to. It. I don't know if Cal's going to get wired in or not, but I'm looking forward. To Aye, it. well, I'm I'm still sort of halfway through this. But I, I don't want to uh, be too. No, no. no. We don't uh, <laughs> backstroke yeah. too early, so but yeah, uh, the the che- I love cherry, so I, I, I was, yeah, I'm really excited about that one too. It's, it's I think you would like this, Gav. I know you're like we, we joke, Gav's the non-stout. See, the thing is, the thing is, I always say it, and and then you drink now, stouts. We're now, and you know, we're, now, we're, now we're now in November, and every single stout I've had, I've enjoyed it this year. So <laughs> I'm, I'm changed, man. It's, Change man from last year, definitely. Because this time last year, I wouldn't fucking touch one. It's just, it's. Uh, Brett, have you had? I'm guessing you've you've tried this one a few times. Yeah, um, yeah, I yeah, I I really enjoy the the balance of like the cherry and the and the, I mean, tonka beans are a funny thing. I'm not sure loads of people know what they are. I didn't necessarily. I've heard of them. I've had beers with them. In. I've never really taken the time to kind of explore what they were. But yeah, they're essentially yeah a bean. We we actually steeped. We steeped ours um, for maybe a week before adding it into the and into well, the beer. Well. Um, yeah, so yeah, they're inter- they're they're an interesting kind of kind of product. They give, I think, yeah, the kind of flavors of like vanilla, sort of coffee. Oh. You know, they're kind of like yeah, a bean that that grows and gives off that flavor. So against that cherry is is nice. And we used our kind of traditional stout base that we use in, in a lot of our stouts. I start off with our sort of malt stout base and build up from there and add those flavors in. So makes sense. If you've got a solid base, build up around it. It's interesting because like I'd say I like I, I went straight in with like an earthy aspect of it, but and like again maybe it's not, but um I, I think try, it definitely I, I try my hardest not to like Google or whatever. I like to try and drink it and just see what I get and write all my notes down. And then you look at it and you go, "What the fuck were you talking about, Mark? That's bullshit, basically." But um, it's just honestly, I, the the word the, the only thing I can keep coming back to is complexity. I feel like every mouthful is a bit different. There's a Aye. like chocolate aspect to it. It's it has a it has a body to it, but it's not thick. If that makes sense, as in like it coats your tongue and um, like so the ABV kind of holds itself and it lingers on your tongue. So it's sort of like the gift that keeps on giving, if that's the best <laughs> way to put it. Uh, to. Um, it's just, like you say, it's. Uh, it's sounds like, good, mate. It sounds very, very good. It's good. Sounds good. Um, let's talk about um, 
the fridges. The most important people, part. The yeah. most important part and the most, most important part in the, the broody world at the end of the year, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> is our annual beer awards, the fridges and the People's Choice Award, which is obviously you guys voting for your brewery of the year. We did that a wee bit different this year. We picked 64 breweries and we let you guys vote to whittle it down to one singular winner. We're down to the last four and the guys in brilliant timing by myself, <laughs> may I say. And um, Umbard are in the final four. Um, you've knocked out the likes of Cloudwater, Fierce, and your last one. Um, who was your last one? Verdant. Verdant, yeah. Some, I was yeah. Guy, some brewery I'd never heard of before. So. Never heard of it. <laughs> never heard of it. Never heard of any Verdant, of them. Hey, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Who the fuck are they? Um, and, and the final four. And your potentially your final, if not your second last matchup, is against your friends and our friends at Drop Project. Um, first of all, I, like, one, thank you guys for kind of getting on the back of it and stuff. And the thing we said in the last podcast when we were talking about it is you can, the brewers that get behind it and share it and stuff and try and get their the followers and stuff to vote, they're the ones that are obviously prospering a lot better in this competition and uh, getting the votes coming through. So one, I appreciate you guys getting involved in it. And two, it must be quite quite nice to see that following and getting that back back up from your followers and the people enjoy your beer and knocking out breweries that are they're big boys at the end of the day the verdant the cloud water the fierce they're fucking massive breweries and it must make you guys feel like a wee bit good that'd be fucking like yes fuck you yeah i mean you know like we said earlier it's it's, it's all about fun like like beer should be and um we we enjoy that and i think you know probably all it would have taken is for verdant to share it to to their story or something. I don't know if they did, but they oh, did. they did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great. We still won. Brilliant. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, like you say, I think it's, it's great to see like when we do share that, that, that our community and the people who enjoy our beers kind of get behind it. And, and it's great. And, you know, we, we have kind of enjoyed at the brewery. We've enjoyed it as a bit of fun. Like we have a, we have a work group. So when it's popped up and I see that I share the link in the group and, you know, say to the guys like, you know, well, hopefully they voted for us. If they don't, then there's a yes, but yeah. <laughs> Can I just say, um, Mash Gang didn't, they they played Fierce in the first round and Mash Gang voted for Fierce in the first round. It was brilliant. Like, <laughs> that is brilliant, yeah. The Mash, Gang guys are, the Mash Gang guys are great. We Yeah, we made a beer with them early in the year and um, actually one of the, the one of the guys popped into the brewery today and we saw him, but yeah, they're, they're good guys doing cool things with, with low no beers. Like, we learned a lot when we we made that mango billing advice with those guys. So, um, yeah, those, those yeah. guys are absolutely fucking smashing it. Right. So, how are you feeling about your your final four matchup? I might, there needs to be some fucking, like, let's, fucking dirty talk here. Like, fuck you. Let's Start a war. Fuck those drop project guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we, I mean, yeah, we know that we know that we know like JT and the guys really yeah. well. Jordan, yeah, Jordan's worked with them before. Um, we've, yeah, they've, We've done a we did a collab with them this was it this year? Yeah, it must have been this year. Yeah, we made it we did a New Zealand say some with them. Um, which is really cool at our place and hopefully next year we'll go back to theirs and, and do a collab unless we beat them then maybe they won't want us want yeah. us coming over. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, they're they're good guys making making some good beers. Sure. They, they certainly are. They certainly that was that was polite trash talk. It's, it, it's <laughs> so hard because it is such a collaborative environment. But you yeah, know, we, we well, do. Like you want... say, it's a bit of fun. Like I mean, even 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 if you were to go about sort of just heavy handed like... with the trash talk, I don't think people would take it to heart. You know, no, no, no. Uh... Especially not the drop project guys. Great. 
it's um, it, it's been really great for us, isn't it? As in, like watching, and we were saying that oh, before we recorded that. You know, when you're when you see the breweries get involved, and you know, there's a couple of comments or whatever it may be, and then someone will post. You know, the the one that I always like the best is when someone like sees the post on like the actual page and then comments their votes underneath. You know, and it was, and that's the funny thing. And I'm like, I just want like, that's like you guys. I'm sure we like, we had a comment. We had a comment. Yeah, so they they don't know to click on it. So they they write. yeah exactly. I actually funny you say that because um I can't remember. I think I like maybe I sent it like to someone. I can't remember who it was. Actually, no, I do know who it was. I think it was my mum. Says my mum, and she was like. I don't, what do I do then? Just click on, you know, she, and you know, she didn't know where she was going, what she was doing. And I think she ended up actually voting for the other brewery anyway in the end. So, flags <laughs> and click on it. so but that's just, just as bad as someone writing those comments, isn't it? Really? But that's the, the bit I want is like the comments going under there and that being like someone that, you know, either you know or within the like, industry. And it's like, you know, uh, I'm going to take, you know, Drop Project and, you know, Verdant or whoever it is. And then the, the brewery then being like, oh, Fuck really? You. Like, sort of like, I just was like waiting on just somebody just taking the... Well, the... somebody at kind of early doors was like, oh, where's uh, Cloudwater? I think this was like round two or round three. Where's Cloudwater in this? I was like, yeah, they've been put out two rounds ago <laughs> by Unbarred. You're not being paying attention. Hello. Snooze, you lose. Snooze, basically. you lose indeed. Snooze, you lose indeed. And we did it differently this year. You asked for it, us to do it differently, and we did do it differently, so... You can't fucking moan about it now. You can't moan about it. But no, the final final four is shaping up really well. Drop projects, unbarred, polys, and heist. Heist. Thank you, Mark. I knew I was going to forget one of them. Um, so one of those, those breweries will be our winner this year. Looking forward to that. Um, you mentioned, like you said, you've done lots of breweries, uh, lots of collabs. Excuse me, with different breweries over the over the years. Are there any brewery personally for yourself, Brett, that you would love to see Umbard kind of collaborate with? A, a brewery you guys haven't worked with and you go, you know what, that'd be, that'd be fucking good to do. What with those guys? Whether it be in the UK or Europe? Well, that's, yes, that's interesting. Like, there, there's lots of breweries that are like linked that I would want to do from an Umbard thing. But for me personally, like if I was just wanting to work with some people or, yeah, brew a beer with them from my own personal perspective, I think... Yeah. The Colonel would definitely be up there, like mm-hmm. um, 100%. Just, I think just from seeing how they operate, I think I've always found them, even before working in beer, a very interesting brewery in the way they they operate and like the way they work. And, it, you know, they don't use social media, really. They don't, you know, they're... Still ball condition and everything ball condition their yeah. labels are brown paper with printing on it that go on the bottle but none of that stops them being highly rated and people enjoying their beers because that their the liquid in those bottles is what's is what speaks exactly. volumes and their you know, the simplicity very... stands out doesn't it it's, yeah, you know, yeah you know yeah. people people go above and beyond to create phenomenal labels and 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 you know Try and make them as eye-catching as possible, and it, it works for some breweries. But but those brown bottles and the brown paper with the printed label, and it just it catches your eye straight away, and you, it's just a sign of pure quality. So, <laughs> and you know, and you know exactly what it's going to be as well. Yep. And you know, it's um, yeah, it's it's there. And another one again would probably be like Burning Sky. Like, yeah, you know, I like the, I really like those guys, and 
I've briefly met Mark before and I think again a lot lot to learn there. They're very like they make interesting styles and I guess in some ways are similar to Colonel in that yeah in that way. Um yeah, though those Mad, like for me personally, like Berman Sky loves it loving down here in East Sussex, like they're pretty much on my doorstep and I've I've never dived deep into Burning Sky at all. I've had like a couple of them and the beers are fucking phenomenal. Even you, you taste them in beer festivals and stuff, the beer is just off the chain. And it's just ridiculous. But I need to I need to do myself a service and get more Burning Sky to be fair. You're in a um, bit of a hotbed though, mate, aren't you? Like, mate, honest, this before. Uh, like, honestly fuck, by the way, see the breweries in the south. In fact, yeah. just take Brighton for instance. There's so many fucking good breweries around that Brighton area. It's it's insane. Yeah. And and even not just that. Really good breweries, but see, I start with pubs and stuff and, and tap rooms that, I mean, the reason why I was in Brighton and, and jumped into the Umbar tap room was, as I mentioned last week, I was um, at that Brighton tap takeover and some of the pubs are just amazing. I, ha- I hadn't been to half of them and amazing establishments and clearly I would, it looked like anyway, granted I was slightly, slightly fucked. But it looks like, and it sounds like they look they at least look after the beers and stuff and store them correctly and clean their pipes and that great. But aye, Brighton and down here in the south coast, there's some amazing fucking breweries, man. I am lucky. Is that, like, I suppose here's here's Mark's um, beer brain jumping in, but... Is it the worst? The, like, is the competition, do you see it, do you see that as a good thing within Brighton? Do you see... Um, you know, the number of awesome breweries as, you know, all right, well, we need to up our game to do X, Y, to to beat out the, the others. Or do you see it as, well, it's, you you've know. Got, you've got Lane literally on your doorstep. Lane Brewery, um, they're on your doorstep. Yeah, I mean, um, they don't, they're, they're, I think their brewery is based sort of slightly out of Sussex, but yeah. they brew a little bit beer in that pub just down the road. But I would say, like, we don't, we definitely don't find it as competition like for a lot of the breweries in Brighton like we you know we've either collaborated with or we work with in terms of like we're lending ingredients help them out like we're friends with like um you know I'm I'm really good friends with one or two people who own breweries in Brighton like and that was way before I even was at Unbarred and you know I see them on a weekly basis we go for beers and um and then in terms of brewery to brewery like yeah the kind of the same it's it's I I mean, we don't see it as necessary competition or feel like we need to do anything differently. I think also a lot of the, the breweries in Brighton are, tend to be quite different in terms of like their style and approach and yeah. how they work. So I think, you know, Lanes would be, I guess, the biggest like commercial brewery, if you're going to put it like that. Like yeah. they kind of brew beer to supply a lot of their pubs and, and a kind of that scale but we definitely don't necessarily see that as competition and then obviously you've got a lot of smaller breweries who who we're, we do work with or help out or are friends with like brazen lost pier um brighton beer um cloak and dagger you know hand all those guys um so so yeah i mean like you said earlier it's, it's there's so much collaboration and kind of good it's vibes just... around it that it's, it never it never feels like i guess in some industries where you feel like you have to be kind of buying them off or making a better beer than them, yeah, or, you yeah. know that kind of thing. Do you think there's like, and is is there space for everybody though? Is that like, you know, because let's be honest, we I'm saying this is the the the, the craft beer we here are 
you know, you, you are fighting for space within, you know, supermarkets, bars, uh, restaurants, but you are, you're fighting against these breweries, of course, that are, you know, trying to get their kegs out and casks and bottles and that, but we're, you are also fighting against the macros as well, which, I, 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 again, I don't know how the pub industry works um, in Brighton and stuff, but I know a lot of pubs up in Scotland are tied to particular um, macro um, breweries, if that's the best way to put it, and keep it nice and short there. But <laughs> as uh, <laughs> you know, so like it's one of the things for me, like, is and the question is simple: is like, you know, is there the space for, and or are there too many? That are, you know, you're stealing taps from each other, sort of thing. Um, yes, I, I guess that's a, I guess all round. There's a, there's an awful lot of breweries, isn't there? And unfortunately, we're yeah. seeing some breweries close and some pubs close. So, I, you know, as things go forward, I don't know how that's going to pan out. But in Brighton, it seems we have, we have a pretty good relationship. We've got um, we work with a pub group who own kind of uh, around 10, 10 pubs, I guess. Um, and we're one of their listings, so each month we we sell beer into those those guys, and they're not they're not tied on some of their lines, so they can take they take kind of three or four local local breweries okay. or not local, depending on what what yeah. they take from their list. So that that is something that we we have that is good, and they're they're pretty well. Like one of the pubs is opposite my house, I go there quite a lot. Like, and they pretty much always have our beer mats out, always have a beer on. Um, sadly, I don't get any discount when there's a juicy on, but. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things. I think you just have to, you know, I think it's probably, if you ask a sales team, maybe it'll be a different answer, but they obviously were, they were very hard to make sure they keep up with chatting to the guys each week, getting the beer to them, delivering it to them, keeping that relationship. And I guess if you're not, if you're not got a full-time sales person or sales team, then yeah, maybe you'd lose, maybe lose some of those lines or that'd be difficult, but you know, our guys, Jim, Gemma and Gemma and Matt are like really on it, and uh, you know our beers are found in most places in Brighton that aren't tied and that are independent, all the bottle shops. So you know, yeah. it's something important to us. It's our hometown, and we want to make sure we're as in, in many of those places we can be. Yeah. Um, and obviously, tied that's... ones. There's not really a lot you can do about that. This, <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. You know. I, I think that's so important, and, and like you say, that you know you. Sub- that you're supporting your local community, you know, like local bars and, and restaurants and all the rest of it should, you know, try and support local. And I think it's just like ha- having been down in Brighton and, you know, we've had a couple of, spent a couple of days when down at Gav's and all the rest of it have been done Brighton and the surrounding areas and the the level of uh, breweries and the, the beers down that neck of the woods are, are really incredible. And I just like, there you, you go. You can do that, you mate. There's a proper good fucking pub crawl slash tap room crawl like you can start in Lewis go to fucking beak and that beak yeah. and then a bit yeah, and yeah. jump on the train and right in and then go on bar and go to the rest of the cruise honestly I think it's interesting for me. you make as well as like the the um the competition it's not always just local because I think local local establishments sometimes want not local beer so they've got something different yeah. to offer from other people yeah. so we sometimes find that you know like a pub will be like yeah, we'll t- we'll take the beer, but maybe not this week or next week because we want to get stuff from Manchester, think, Scotland, yeah. wherever to bring people in who are craft beer drinkers. Which I completely understand because if someone's got a tap takeover of like I don't know, they got like Ruth. 
I'm trying to think like, you know, they got Daya tap takeover somewhere. Yeah. And nowhere in Brian really sells Daya. I'm probably going to go along to that and go check okay. it out. You know, whereas if maybe you've got a Brighton based brewery tap takeover, you've probably tried a lot of their beers. So you're not yeah. maybe going to go, you know, so I think the competition is kind of, whilst it's local, I think a lot of establishments also want to try and pull in people for, yeah, for further field, you know. So. Definitely. Um, I've got two kind of last things on my list to kind of cover. One is um, from our friends and your friends as well, um, the guys at Bruiser. Um, we've we've spoke to the, the get the Bruiser guys twice before on the podcast. Um, spoke to them privately numerous times. Scott usually gets his monthly phone call when he forgets to pick a fucking brewery. Um, <laughs> but one, obviously, you guys have done the kind of birthday beer this year, which is going to be in December's box. The the one thing, or kind of two parts to the question is one from a, a a brewery's point of view is working with Bruiser as good as it feels like from a consumer's point of view, like having that wide selection of breweries, chopping and changing as many times you want from a a brewery's point of view, is it is it as beneficial as it is for us guys? Um, yeah, I would say we've worked with them for yeah since pretty much the beginning, and they've they've. In terms of like communication, we've we've tried to pick holes in it, and we can't pick them because it's fucking brilliant. It's you know, from our point of view, they've they've been great. It's it's a pretty simple process. Like you you guys, for example, order your beers, we get sent the labels, we package the beers, they go out. Yeah, like there's a little bit of you know, I guess marketing, social media that we do to we take a photo of the box, post it, do a bit of engagement in that sense, but. It's very straightforward. They're all really nice guys. We had Ollie down with his with his dog. He's called Tipper. Um, oh, nice Tipper yeah, the dog. Well, that... Exactly. Yeah, they <laughs> they came down. Must have been two weeks ago yep. today, I guess. Yeah, they, and they came down to brew a beer. Um, again, yeah, great. He he was really up for being involved. He got on the brew with Gary. Like he was asking questions, wanting to see what's happening. Like you know, and Ollie's no Ollie's no brewer. He's no you know. He just loves beer and 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 he's part bruiser but he was really involved in that aspect and then yeah we had a few beers in the evening chatted loads and yeah they're genuinely it's like a really easy interaction of that and that's why we were keen to kind of support it in terms of yeah. making the collaboration beer because you know there are some risks sometimes they're an online subscription service and as a brewery you sometimes want to make sure everyone's going to be happy you know yeah. you've got bottle shops and you've got other people you provide beers to so we're directing some some light to an online service, which, yep. you know, it, it's another avenue where we sell a beer. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that in that sense, but it, it can always be a bit tricky in terms of bottle shops and yeah, but virtual to physical, you know, but yeah. Are, are, you, are, you allowed, are you allowed to tell us about the collab beer you've done with the Bruiser guys? I don't, I don't see why not. When is this going out? <laughs> tomorrow? It'll, it'll be live tomorrow. It'll be live tomorrow. <laughs> Because Callum, um, Callum's eager because Callum has, has got a, an unbarred box coming. Yeah, I've picked yeah. unbarred for December, so I'm quite happy to pass my money down the line. Here. I mean, yeah, I'm sure. It's, so we're basically made, so we've done a, a pastry sour. So with those, we base those on a on a pudding. So it's a berry, um, a blackberry cobbler. Ooh. So it's got, yeah, it's got, um, <laughs> I, I can't remember how much exactly. I think it's about four or five hundred kilograms like half a kilo of blackberries um bit of vanilla bit of cinnamon for that like pastry element um and then yeah should be should be tart but also there'll be sweetness there so it won't be like full-on 
yeah. like dry your mouth out sour. So it's, it's got that pastry sort of sweet element as well. Um, that. That'll be a right up your yeah. street, Cal. So that's yep. so anyone who's ordered a bruiser box, normally there's obviously two shipment dates, but they're all going to be piled into one. Yes. It's going to be the 14th of December. So they get they get a box of eight beers that we normally do with a glass, but they also get an additional beer, which is the collab beer. Nice. So nine, nine beers, so a little Christmas treat. Oh, lovely. No, it's definitely, definitely the correct option for December then. Thank you. Yeah, and there'll be <laughs> Stout Zilla will be in there. Um, I think there's going to be, off the top of my head, Belgium IPA, No Ghost IPA, mm, I think Chonka, um, Juicy, a uh, couple of others. I, I mean, I can't remember. All no, nine. no, uh, I'm, I'm, looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's, a, it's a good little box. And there's also, um, we're going to do a little, we've done a little competition. Anyone who's ordered a box, um, one, one person is going to be selected by Bruiser on the Friday before to win win some merch to get in their box and get like a beanie t-shirt Ooh. tote bag etc right. so you could hey. be a chance oh you receive on it yeah <laughs> i fucking doubt it uh, I mean, I, I, the bruiser guys will draw my name out and i'll be like oh, fuck that guy no. <laughs> <laughs> he's had free stuff already fuck him <laughs> um no the bruiser guys are awesome i don't think actually i think you can you can no longer pick unbarred um because i think it's actually all the it's all sold out. So you can really? Longer, I'm pretty sure you can no longer Interesting. Umbar for Bruiser. I need to speak to him tomorrow anyway, because um, we sent off the labels for print today, so I was going to check in with him and see, because I think we had allocated a certain amount of boxes, uh, basically for like stock levels and stuff. But there might, okay, if it has sold out, that'll be interesting, because we might be able to allocate some more. So. I'm on double check mode right now, mate. Are you in double check mode? Are you checking right um, now? I'm, I'm, I've I've just jumped on mine as well to see if I can um, find it myself. Because so is that is that how it works? So I've never looked at it as a as a consumer, I guess, in that sense. So does it just say like unavailable once they yeah. sold out? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. So when you when, but, when you go and when you pick a brewery and go and select a box, then you're presenting no, with which one like would you like to it's Which month there. would you like to add it on? And if if there's none left, like for example, the Northern Monk Patrons Project box was added. Oh, that was mental. Um, yeah. And I went on, um, I went on to try and add that for January, and it's out of stock until like August or something like that next year. It's you know. Wow. So. Right, I take back what I've said. It's still there. Yeah, it's there. Still, because I've just added it to me. I've now got two boxes. No, in fact, that's a lie. I've got three boxes. No, I've got three as well. I'm deleting. I'm going to have to delete because I done that last month. <laughs> I, I uh, you got me. stung. You got, uh, you you forgot, didn't you? <laughs> so what can you? So can you add? So you could have. You could have as many as you want. Okay. So let. But, so, the, so, the, so the trap, the trap that Mark fell in, Mark and and the, the Scott who's absent tonight. They, they what they do is they they'll scroll through the breweries and say, "Well, I like the look of that. I will add that. I like the look of that." And then they'll have a list at the end of the month and, and delete which ones they don't, you know, which ones they decide not to have. And unfortunately, that decision was, yeah, was forgotten. And uh, so Mark, before Mark the ended up point. With, yeah. yeah, yeah. So Mark ended up with three bruiser boxes this month. What a shame. Like, I'm just stocking up for the crumble. That's all I was, was going to say. Yeah. I mean, there's something wrong with some Christmas beers. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, that's, that's my I need plan. to start thinking about that. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I've got overtone. And now I'm barred, and I'm, I've got cloud water as well as my third. But 
cloud water might get. That's good. That's good. I'm glad. I'm glad the shipping the shipping's going out slightly earlier because we we're, we're in that sort of late window, so our, our order normally doesn't get confirmed until sort of the seventh of seventh. the month. And then it's normally about the 18th or the 19th of the month that it, that it arrives. So in December, that can you know pose sometimes pose some problems you know for for getting it around Christmas time. Christmas, but if it's yeah. coming the, if it's coming the week before, then that's that's even better. Yeah, the week of the I think the the shipment day we got is the 14th. So awesome. but yeah, my fridge is going to look fucking good for Christmas. <laughs> I know. Oh yes, that's my birth, that's my birthday present. That's my Christmas present to myself. Jesus, looking right. forward to that. Um, you mentioned about the competition with Bruiser. You've also got another competition going on at the moment on your Instagram page for Stoutzilla. Tell us about we that. We do. Yeah, yeah. So it's, um, well, I mean, I'm surprised it hasn't been taken down. The last few we've done, I don't know if you guys know much about Instagram, but they love to take down any form yes. of post that involves people winning alcohol, anything like that. Ugh. But it's done well. It's done good. So I'm pretty happy with it. Um, but yeah, it's, um, you can win a mega bundle, which so which has only been available for. Is that the same as a mega paint? Pretty much just with Stoutzilla <laughs> shit all in it. Um, no, it's um, it's only been available to our uh, mailing list subscribers up until well, until we launched the beer on Thursday. Yeah. Um, but it's we've basically had so it's uh, four cans Stoutzilla, Stoutzilla t-shirt, um, Stoutzilla hot sauce that's been made with Baraday Stoutzilla by a local company, Take my money. Some charcoal. And um, Stoutzilla beer sticks, so like sort of meat sticks, basically like salami. Oh, People have those in the oh. pub, but they're infused with Stoutzilla. They're also black. Um, nice, that's kind of cool. cool. And then a bottle of barrel aged Stoutzilla and a pack of Stoutzilla playing cards. So oh, nice. normally that would set you back about seventy quid, but you can win that in the competition. So all you got to do is. Yeah, do all the normal stuff, you know, like the post, make sure you follow us. Like, follow us, yeah. Tag free people and share it to the story for an extra, extra like. Um, and we'll pick a winner on on Friday, if I'm not too hungover after all the Stoutzilla celebrations on Thursday night. <laughs> um, obviously, go over and head over to their page to do all that jazz. I'll, I've already, I've shared it on our story but I'll do it again because it's 24 hour pitch and takes it off so I'll, I'll share it again to make sure you guys uh, listeners and followers can kind of get involved in that because I'm I'm quite uh, the meat sticks sound cool as fuck by the way it's the hot yeah, sauce I mean, man I'm in the hot sauce look, I got this one the other day for uh, our friends at, um, oh yeah things. I know those guys yeah yeah and I was like oh. <laughs> so, I yeah. mean I, I love like a lockdown I mean, I'm banned now. My partner, she's like, she left the room, but um, she like banned me from making hot sauce anymore. Because in lockdown, I just like was making hot. Uh, there's about twenty bottles of different hot sauce in the fridge, um, <laughs> and then and every now and then I come home, like the guy who makes a hot sauce sometimes come with a gift and be like, here they are, and I'm like, oh great, another four hot sauces are coming. She's like, what are you gonna do with them? <laughs> so, um, make some chicken wings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's a local guy. He's like a one man band and he's, he loves making hot, like his flavors and his concepts are very much in line with what we do. So like he, yeah. you know, he's like, I've got one in the fridge that is incredible. It's like gherkin hot sauce, but like that on a burger is the combination of like having gherkins and a bit of chili on a burger. Mm-hmm. You don't need the gherkins and the chilies. It just works. Um, but yes, yeah, so he's made three so far. He made us a bueno shake hot sauce, a mango, 
pale hot sauce, and then the the latest one was a stout cellar. Um, by the way, Bueno Shake is another stalwart stalwart of Umbar, by the way. What a beer that is. Bueno oh. Shake. Yeah. Never had that. Never nope. had that. I'll send oh, you one. Come on. Okay. I bought one the day. I'll send you that. The barrel okay. the barrel aged version is is probably my favourite version, personally. But mm. I say I bought it, the guy in the bottle shop, because I know him gave me his last bueno shake for free, so I'll send you. Oh. Oh, right. If, okay, if so I bought yeah. it, you weren't getting it. So Brett, Brett, you're cl- you're clearly in the right place to stick a wee bottle of Barley's Bueno in my producer box for December. That, that's <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> I don't actually know if there's even a, any left anymore. Like, I don't think I ever actually got a personal bottle of that. To be fair, I think um, they sold outrageous. so well. Yeah, it's crazy. How long was it Barley's for? Um, bueno, I think was about seven eight months. Similar, similar to um, actually no, maybe a little bit longer, because I think Salzer last year was seven eight months. Uh, so yeah, yeah, probably about yeah seven eight months I would say. Yeah, Salzer was sort of six seven, so yeah, about that. And you say it goes the Salzer and stuff goes in a different barrel each year, so it's not like the same style. Uh, a different barrel in terms of like uh, their new their new barrels, yeah, but and. But- and Still they do the arrive the same. same. Yeah, we always use um, Buffalo Trace bourbon barrels. The okay. the only cool. thing is they they turn up, and sometimes you get some barrels that are wetter than others. Yeah. So often we we put them in the barrels, and we normally have about sort of eight barrels full of Stalzilla, and then we're kind of testing because there is a risk of yeah. with barrel aging of like oxidation, infection, etc. Yeah. So we you know sometimes you'll get a barrel and you'll be like. Ah fuck, that's got to go. Yeah. Um, see for see for me, I think that's like I, I my heart goes off to brews that that barrelage stuff because of those reasons. Like it might you might barrelage it and it might just be fucked. And you yeah, and and we're it. very like we're you know Jordan the brew team are extremely precious about which is right, it's completely right, yeah, but yeah. very precious about sort of hygiene and the products go out and how we make them. And if if a barrel is not okay we will just be like, it's not happening. Yeah. And, that, and that's that. Um, and sometimes it's just about the blend. So we might right. have like five barrels that all taste spot on. You might have one that's maybe got too much whiskey going on. Mm-hmm. You might have another that's maybe not got much whiskey going on. So then you, you just have to work out what blend you want to use. So you, you often would barrel more, more beer than maybe you're going to package for the yeah. reason of you might have a fucked barrel you might have one that's, you know, and then you've got stuff to blend. So then we we basically blend, you know, it's not a glamorous experience. You got like a couple of weeks ago, we all went out in the tap room to try it at like 11 o'clock in the morning, you know, <laughs> ideal time to try some 11% <laughs> bloody stout on a Tuesday um, when you've got those stuff to be doing. But um, yes, yeah, nail out, get all the beer out and you blend them together and see, see what's happening, taste each one. And everyone has a kind of group agreement who's there to where that's going and you know too much whiskey not enough whiskey yep and then you kind of we we rate them on a scale of one to five in terms of how we feel if it was our perfect stout i guess mm-hmm. or our perfect barrel a stout and yeah. then that's what we use to base it on the blend we're going to go with in terms of what barrels we're going to blend together and how we feel See, it's mad because everybody's palate is different for when it comes to a barrel i had this discussion Yes, uh, the other uh, end of last week actually, and 
like if you like whiskey, then you want to taste whiskey. Like I, you want a bit of the whiskey aspect of it in a barrel age. You feel like that's what you're paying the money for. But if you're not really a whiskey drinker, like the barrel age part is more about how the beer reacts to the wood when it's in the barrel. If you know what I mean, you're not that fussed about the whiskey aspect of it, but you're more in like you're more inclined to think, well, I really like that beer, as in, you know, I, I like the Bueno beer, so I would like to know how it then is reacting to the being in the barrel for, you know, six months, eight, eight months, whatever it is. Yeah. And that must be so difficult, as you say, like, because your favourite beer could be my least favourite beer. Like, you know, and well, there's, no way, there's no way that you're going to know that, though, is it? So it's just yeah. a case of, you know, if, if you like it and, you you know, you're happy with it, then that's all that matters. Yeah, and I suppose. And Definitely. It's getting that so that it's consistent, I suppose, isn't it? Like for, like, each, yeah. year, each year when you're producing it. And that, that's you know that's the nature of barrels is, and that's why they they take more time they cost more money it's it's kind of exciting but it's also risky and it's yeah. you know and it's always going to be a little bit different that's why I guess it's a vintage because it's never going to be exactly the same because yeah. the barrel in some way is going to potentially be different or the flavors that come out of that are going to be different but it you know I I love a barrel aged beer and I I also like whiskey so like for me personally I like I like to taste a bit of that charred oak, the whiskey, yeah. and and that come together with a beer. Without yeah. that, then I may as well just have a non non barrel aged version Correct. personally. But that's how I think about it too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's just 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 keep just keep the peat away. <laughs> um, Brett, where is the best place for people to grab <laughs> hold of unbarred beers? I mean, on our on our web shop, we always have all our beers on there. Um, in our tap room, if you're if you're visiting Brighton or you're in Brighton, um, and then any good bottle shops, independent bottle shops, independent bars, pubs, um, we sell into, and any good independent online retailers, basically. But yeah, our, our web shop is is always stocked with beer, our latest beers, and sometimes you might see some pop up that have sold out if we've we've got some knocking around. If you found, found a couple. Yeah, or if, if, if your if your local if, bottle shop if your local bottle shop doesn't have unbarred, keep telling them to get in touch because yeah, why the fuck not? Tell them to get in touch. <laughs> we've, we've got loads. Of, we've got loads of ways to distribute, and like we we distribute all all over the UK. So, um, if if you want to see unbarred where you are, just tell them to give us an email. Yeah, sales at unbarred, or drop us a message on Instagram or something, and we'll get back to you. Give them a shout, definitely. Unbarredbrewery.com. Head over to the website. There's a couple of things on there. Um, as you would expect, you've got the 12 beers of Christmas, which is available. Um, you can also get free shipping on orders orders over 50 quids. And you can see the countdown to Stoutzilla 2022. We've got one hour, 12 hours, and 30 minutes, and 24 seconds. One, one day. day. I think you mean one 12 day. Hours. What did I say? One hour, 12 hours. Oh, one day, is what I meant. God, don't give me a heart attack, mate. I've still got a lot to do before. <laughs> and, and I certainly don't have an hour to do it. I need to have some dinner and have a sleep. Like, not not work on that. So, one on. day, one a day, couple, 12 hours. Perfect, yeah. perfect. Yeah, a couple more perfect. of those uh, um, half-filled uh, um, uh, stout zillas and you'll be powering through all the work you need to mm, be done. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Just won't sleep. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you'll be buzzing your way through it. But yes, definitely head over to the website, umbardbrewery.com is the best place to go. While you're at it, head over to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, search Umbard. While you're there as well, like, follow and share and search for the Beer Fridge Podcast. Um, any other questions for you two? I am, I've got nothing left in my sheet. Great chat tonight. Thanks very much, Brett. Um, I appreciate you joining us, Brett. It's been a, a joy to have you on. Um, really good to talk about the beers um, and go through the taproom stuff. For, for me personally, um, it's one of the best breweries, especially in the south and in the, in the south coast. I thoroughly enjoy your beers and pick them up quite often. When I'm, I, I get most of your stuff from when I, I'm, I visit uh, Middle Farm quite often. Who are amazing local stockists of Sussex beers, so if you're in East Sussex, search Middle Farm. Go there, grab beers, you might see me. You probably won't <laughs> if I can see me, who I can. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, search Beer Fridge Podcast on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter as well. Like, follow and share wherever you listen to this podcast. Make sure you subscribe, hit the ding a ling link to be notified of all the latest episodes. Show your support by giving us a five-star rating and you can show your official support by going to patreon.com forward slash beer fridge podcast and we real beer Real breweries, real opinions. Brett, thank you once again for joining us. And until next time on the podcast, cheerio bye. Cheers.